from playing 18 to a full 60. Early leads to buzzer beaters. It all starts by getting on the board. Welcome inside episode 41 of On the Board. I'm Colby McKee. Across from me, Corey Bacoskis. Hey, man. Hey, man. I'm first. You are, because you there's no last doll tonight. Oh, sad. We don't need him, though. No. Is this his, uh, his first episode on, no, on the DL? No, the DNP, no. He's, oh. he, I'd say, of the three of us, he's missed the least, least? amount of okay. shows. Yeah. So he gets a well-deserved break. He's, okay. he's not feeling yeah. under the weather there. No, so i uh, got a great show tonight. Lots to talk about. Uh, we're going to start, as we always do, locally. Messinat Tigers on a five-game winning streak, Corey. Mm-hmm. That's something. Yeah, that's Especially huge. down the stretch here. This past weekend was crazy. I don't Wasn't think... It? Oof, I bumped my mic. I bumped it. <laughs> um, yeah, did you watch any of the games? Either Unfortunately, of the games? did no. not. I uh, uh, followed a lot, of, a lot of it on social media, but um, yeah, it's like some fantastic results. Yeah. Obviously, we'll, get, we'll touch on more in-depth as we go on, but uh, big wins against Calgary, Edmonton. And uh, obviously the Tuesday game against Swift Current was nothing to sneeze at either. Yeah, no, perfect. You couldn't have asked for a better better week for them. Um, yeah, they just kind of dominated Calgary. Calgary was in the middle of a road trip, so they weren't um, necessarily fresh. Um, and then Edmonton, uh, Josh Williams got the quick goal in the first 40 seconds, and we could have easily folded our tents. Mm-hmm. But uh you know, we, we worked hard in the second and third period was ours. We dominated them. The best team in the league, basically. Our, absolutely. And, I mean, now, as we sit here and talk, two points up on Lethbridge with a game in hand still before yep. the end of the regular season, which, I mean, we talked about it in previous podcasts. Our schedule, our strength of schedule, is one of the lowest in the entire WHL. So that's something to look forward to. And yep. if you're a Tigers fan, you've got to be feeling pretty confident that we can potentially, knock on wood, wrap up, you know, home ice for at least the first round. That'd be huge. Yeah. So if I've done my math correct, and sometimes I don't do my math correct, I think we've beaten Calgary no matter what. Yeah. I think. So there's no way we can get the wild card. Um, so we are either that two or three spot, which is good. Doesn't mean we, you know, we're going to at least be traveling locally in the playoffs. Absolutely. Like that's confirmed. So, um, but yeah, Lethbridge had a tough time in their uh, BC division road trip, three game road trip, uh, Lost 2 nothing to Prince George, 6-3 to Kamloops, and then 5-4 to Kelowna. They so, were down huge against Kelowna and yeah, had to fight back on they that one. Almost Cousins did was it. fantastic, as he always, always is. always is, yeah. But, I mean, that's three huge losses, and now we're ahead. I mean, I, I think, you know, last week when we were talking about it, it was it was the opposite. Yeah. Like, we were like, oh, God, we got to catch Lethbridge, and now we're looking down on them. So, it's impressive. It's yeah. very impressive. They they took care of who they had to take care of. First started off on Tuesday night against those Swift Current Broncos. 5-2 victory. Uh, we talked about it previously with Lance, looking for that second line to step up and produce. Um, you know, getting Sillinger back last weekend was huge. Getting that consistency and chemistry before the playoffs. Other lines have been carrying the load for the last few weeks and months. Finally, this week, the second line dominated play, whether it was five-on-five power play unit. They finally came to work. It all started with Ryan Chazowski. He had himself a heck of a week uh, with a hat trick there on Tuesday. Absolutely dominant. I think he was 16 for 20 from the faceoff circle. Completely dominated that uh, that aspect of the game. Wow. And he's now hit 30 goals on the season. Yeah, and 100 career assists this weekend, That's too. That's right. Him and Kemp. Um, yeah, they, they're hitting their stride at the, the perfect time. Um, I think that Saturday game, um, a lot of credit goes to the... I guess, I don't know, what do you call your fourth line and your third line anymore? I guess it's the third line with Baxter Anderson. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in 
uh, Castellic's head all night and Kyle Olsen on, on the Hitman, two of their best players, uh, they couldn't think straight. They were just worrying about our third line center, you know, Brucey. Uh, yeah, they're every line's contributing in their own way. And like you said, that second line, they're playing like a first line out there like we know they can. Yeah. So that nice little um, contribution back and forth between, like you said, the Hamlin line, which has carried much of the play for the first you know, three quarters of the season and getting that second line is only going to help their, their offensive production, being able to get matchups in the playoffs when you're in a Lethbridge and you don't have the last change, that's going to be huge. Um, and just getting back, I guess their style of play, I think in every game they've outshot their opponents this, this past week, including 25 to five in the second period against with current there on Tuesday. Like yeah. just a man, I mean, against a lesser opponent, albeit, but just goes back to that style of play which we talked about with uh, Joe Frazier and uh, and Matt Wong in previous you know interviews that we've done. Um, just that style of play and that mentality, get pucks on net, and you never know what can happen. Yeah, we got twenty three shots in the second period against Edmonton. So one there you where, go, another twenty yeah, plus period. Yeah, in the like the first period, like I said, 40, 40 seconds in, we're down one nothing, and we're able to contain it at that and down one nothing going into the locker room and then come out in that second period like a team on a mission um 23 shots and i think they only got 10 like we just we dominate when we need to sometimes you know sometimes our start aren't, starts aren't the greatest yeah um there's nothing to complain about sometimes the other team just gets the first goal but um when we're down we we put the pedal to the metal one every guy time. yeah no, absolutely uh one guy that has really we've been talking about in past weeks and was looking for a little bit more consistency from him was Mad Sogard. Uh, it's safe to say that he's back in his groove. Yeah, two fantastic victories over the weekend um, against a tough Calgary team that we've been fighting in the playoff spot, and then arguably, like you mentioned, the best team in the entire league in Edmonton. Um, he was superb, and he made some fantastic saves from everything that I've seen. And um, this is exactly what you want your number one to be playing as with a little bit of confidence heading into uh, round one and beyond here for this team. Yeah, I mean, the whole season you're you're managing, you know, workloads, you're making sure Bjorklund's getting his starts because he's a 17-year-old, and you're making sure Mads isn't getting tired. So it's a lot of split weekends, but now that we're less than a month away, um, it didn't really dawn on me until he started both games against Regina. And I was like, why is he doing that? Oh, we have a bunch of back-to-backs and playoffs, right? I forgot about that. This is time. So, um, yeah, you had to know that he was getting both games this weekend. Yeah, just... He came up huge, and it, I mean, hats off to our defense. I don't think there was many 10-bell saves that he had to make all weekend, mm-hmm. but um, he was there when we when we needed him. And, like, I keep going back to I mean, it, it can be crushing to get scored on. You're you're pumped. You're ready to play Edmonton, a team that's that's kind of had your number, and then you're down one 40 seconds in. Like, for, for the team, and especially Mads, to... Um, kind of rebound and uh, and come back hard and, and play the rest of the 59 minutes the way they did was just incredible and perfect timing. We're just a couple weeks away from playoffs. 100%. Uh, back to Friday's game quickly. 6-1 victory against those hitmen. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about that line brawl at the end of the, <laughs> end of the third. So I don't, I didn't see it as you know, but I looking through the stats and stuff, it looked like it wasn't the, the last, you know, melee wasn't, it was a kind of a starting point. Which was yeah. a little bit earlier in the third period. Am I wrong in saying that there was there was kind of a, a fighting major or like a hit from behind or something that I saw in the box score that kind of led to all the ruckus with Baxter and Kyle Olson of the Hitman and stuff like that. Yeah, there was some chippy play all throughout. I mean, it was a playoff game, right? Like, yeah. Um, 
yeah, that was just kind of the the cherry on top. They were they were frustrated. I mean, they knew that they had to win that game if they wanted to get second or third in our division. Um, so I think yeah, just frustration. <laughs> I mean, seeing that because it's not easy being a wild card team. So I think that all kind of went into their mind and six yeah. one score it's easy to yeah. take some exactly. six, take some notes and be on with your day yeah and they're just they're usually such a stronger team i mean castellic um vandalist they have some big guys dakota krebs and they have for the past couple of years um so they've been able to bully us um especially last year but this year i mean gavlis wasn't playing friday night but cole clayton's bigger now we got dylan ploof yeah i mean even on offense kyle mcnab lochner's bigger baxter's gotten bigger over yeah, his years he's lately. been a force the yeah. last couple of weeks since i guess uh lance shouted him out on the show but he's been <laughs> he's been a wrecking ball he's scoring he's yeah. playing physical um that that's a young kid that is nice to, to have in your lineup wherever he can he can slot in anywhere on your lineup yeah he was up on the first line a few few weeks ago yeah um yeah, um, it was just, yeah, Calgary just got frustrated with us. We played the perfect game against them, the game that we needed to play. And, uh, yeah, nothing really more to say. They just got frustrated with us. Yeah. yeah love uh, to see it. In the Edmonton game, 4-1 victory there last night. Um, people were commenting on social media, the most complete game of the year the Tigers have played. Would you would you reckon that sentiment? Yeah. Yeah, it seems like... Outside of that, the first you know few minutes where it was a little bit rocky there with exactly. the Williams goal, but... Uh, you know the perseverance to come back like you said they could have folded up shop and, and called another loss but uh, they come back and from everything outside the uh, the arena it looked like it was a complete team effort yeah and the the fans really came to play too um, they were really fun to play with they you know they were starting go Tigers goes we didn't even have to cue them really they, yeah. were, they were doing that um, yeah they we are uh, do you know that we were undefeated when wearing third jerseys in our franchise are we really? Yeah. So back to like the 08, 09 days or whatever when okay. they'd wear the script. Yeah. Even on those games, they were undefeated. No so way. all pink in the rake. Okay. And all those, yeah. Apparently we're undefeated. That's I don't know. That's a great know. stat right But uh, anyway, like getting to your question. Yeah, they they played well. Edmonton had, it was tough for them to, to get much offense created. And um, I think, you know, Sebastian Costa, Edmonton's goalie, had to play really well. Yeah. Um, I mean, we could have probably put in a couple more against them, but I mean, four-one games. I mean, we're not blowing them out, and and we're not making it close either. That's the perfect game for us. No, you don't want to blow them out because no. that only gives a little fuel for the fire if we happen to meet them in a second or a third rounder. And it's just, yeah, it, it's a, a wait and see approach. You don't want to tip your hand uh, with all. I mean, you you see them so many times in the regular season. You're gonna you know show your tendencies and how you stop certain guys, but yeah. try to keep a little bit of uh, of tricks there. Uh, in your chest there um, 30 goals now for both Kemp Chazowski and Hamlin Oops. I was gonna I was gonna quickly look and see the last time a Tigers team has had three 30 goal scores I don't I in top of my head it's been probably I don't know like I'm thinking back to like maybe like the Curtis Volk days maybe a Hunter Shinkarek Emerson Edom I will check um, yeah as Corey pulls that up but I mean it's just nice to see the the consistency, the depth of scoring for this Tigers roster. And, uh, I mean, guys like Kemp, we, I joked that he was more of an assist guy to start the season. He wasn't really shooting the puck. And uh, and now he's he's lighting it up. And chazowski has been fantastic playing that two-way, two-way forward role. And we've talked about Hamlin all year and uh, the fact that he can just put up points at any given moment, having an MVP-quality season. Uh, that is nice to see there for, for our captain. 
Yeah. Did I you mean, find any stats quickly? Um, yes. Yeah, so okay. it's not far back. The uh, oh. the 16-17 team had a few. Okay. So a few years ago. I'm trying to look back before that. Before that. Okay. Who through. was on that 16-17 team? I'm trying to think. Was uh, it the Curtis Volk? No. No? Um, Mark. Uh, no, it wasn't Mark Russell. So the the uh, 30 goal scorers were Matt Bradley, Zach Fisher, Max Gerlach, Mark Russell, John Dahlstrom. Whoa, they had five 30-goal guys? And the top three point getters didn't get 30 points. Stephen Auer, Mason Shaw, and Chad Butcher, they didn't get 30 goals. They were all six were all, yeah. My goodness. I mean, that, that's nuts. No, that, that team... It's nuts. Their goals per game were ridiculous. Yeah. Like th- like way higher than what we have this year. Oh, like man. I feel like we've been scoring a lot this year. Yeah, I feel like but, we have. <laughs> holy. Oh, that's crazy. Okay. But I think before that, yeah, probably around the the Vey days. But Yeah, that's that's impressive. That's a good pull by you. Thank you for doing that. That's, yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Um, last night they wore, the Tigers wore their, uh, their special jerseys, like you mentioned, for the WHL suits up to promote organ donation. Uh, not no longer part of the the Bob uh, not Bob Don Cherry. <laughs> Don Cherry. <laughs> we'll get yeah. to Bob in a second, but the Don Cherry. There's no association there. Uh, what's your thoughts on the jerseys? I like that. I like them. That, that yeah. color orange is really sharp. Yeah, I think um, Beth Lanik in the office was the only one that didn't like them. Okay. She did not no. like them. And yeah, no, the players really liked them. Um, they like anything new. Yeah. Um, I think that's just the. That blue cresting, it really popped as well, too. Yeah, that yeah. was a little bit... I didn't have a problem with it. No. I mean, it was... The cla- colors clashed, but... Yeah. I mean, it's something new. Um, I think the last time I checked the bids, they're they're doing all right, so... I was going to say, so they're, they're up for donation. Uh, we'll post the website in our episode description, or maybe if you can pull it up quickly uh, on yeah. your end. Uh, do, don't, I think it goes till the end of the week. Am I mistaken? Um, Wednesday. That? Wednesday, Wednesday okay. 7.30. So March, okay. oh wait, hold on, March Today 11th. Today is the 8th. Yeah, so the 11th. Uh, you can get your bid in on your flav- favorite Tigers player's jersey. I'm sure, I'm, I'm, top of my head, I'm thinking Hamlin's going to go pretty high. I think yeah. Sogar's going to go pretty high. Um, couple of just the cylinder cylinder oh yeah cylinder went good last year too and he he was like a 15 year old but that that was impressive he's my guest to uh have the highest bid yes very cool i think so very cool thing uh going for organ donation and uh, a great cause there uh our upcoming schedule pretty nice week ahead yeah Uh, if you ask me tuesday home against the red deer rebels friday and saturday in home and home series against the swift current broncos friday in swift current and Saturday home against those Broncos. So um, another a, another week against lesser opponents. Not saying they're easy games. A lot of uh, a lot of those teams, especially Red Deer, could be playing uh, playoff spoiler and trying to, to upset some of these uh, upper ranked teams. However, it's another weekend, another week ahead where got to get some points. Got to stay ahead of the the Hurricanes because I believe this is the week where we have that extra game. We actually play three this week, and they're only playing Friday night. Yeah, I think so, they play Sunday too. But oh, I didn't see the Sunday. Yeah. Okay, so um, maybe so either way though, three versus still, yeah. two. This is where our extra game might come in handy. Yep, and uh, we got to make some hay there. Yeah, it's. I mean, we got a five game win streak right now. It's it's tough to get to to nine. It's tough to tack on four extra, no matter who you're playing, um, to stay consistent. And I mean, Red Deers beat us twice this year, so yep, they they're not going to be they're not going to be easy. We got to go into their barn. Um, yeah, Swift is. I mean, let's just face it, they're not they 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 haven't quite been great this year. Are they but still are they approaching twenty straight losses 
in a row. Oh, was that God. the team that because yeah, we faced them last or this past Tuesday, right? And they were on a I think it was like a 15 game losing streak, 16 game losing streak. They are currently um, at 17. 17. 16 losses and an overtime loss. Okay. So gotta get that game to overtime. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, it's still there's still WHL teams and yeah. You gotta, you gotta treat them fairly. So yeah, and uh, I guess the the bright note is also that Lethbridge has Edmonton twice this weekend, mm-hmm. which will be tough for them. Very to, tough to get two, let alone one. Yeah, this is the strength of schedule, right? We we've been blessed. We played a lot of tough games in the middle of the season, and and now Lethbridge is. I mean, they go on a BC road trip this late in the year. That's tough. that's not easy. No, absolutely not. Um, very special event coming up here on Saturday as well against the Swift Current Broncos. It's Bob Ridley night. He's broadcasting his 4,000th career game. Um, an absolute legend in the entire you know broadcasting, sports broadcasting business. Um, I think he should be a nominee for the Hockey Hall of Fame one day. That's just me should personally. Be. Yep, That would be a, a great little uh, egg note on his fantastic career. Uh, I'm guessing there's a pregame ceremony. I be, I, so puck drop will be at 7.30. Imagine being in your seats by 7. You're going to be able to catch out all that action. Yeah, I think we've applied for an extension, so the puck drop won't really be at 7.30. But uh, it's probably a good idea to be in your seats by the end of warm-ups, which will be 7.05, 7.10 range. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you I got honestly, anything you want to tip your hat at? Anything? Uh, no, I, I, down I, the yeah, I could. Um, like I don't, I don't know everything, right? Like, right. We're this is the week that we're starting to edit some videos and really plan it. Um, we've tried to give ourselves as many options as we can to see what we really want to do that night. Um, but yeah, there's going to be some video presentations. There's going to be, I know, um, different people are coming down to present Bob with some different gifts and stuff like that. Um, that's really as much as I want to say. I don't know. That's I don't okay. no. really know much, but, um, you're the insider. So yeah, you want to know he, anything and everything. That's pretty cool though. He's, do you, you know, Bob, right? Yeah. He's, he's very, very humble guy. He doesn't like the spotlight on him. And I like even just kind of talking to him with it, like he almost gets frustrated and a little yeah. bit upset. Like he just doesn't like the, the, uh, the spotlight on him, but he deserves it, and I can't think of another guy that deserves it more. I mean, just not let alone the four thousand games, let alone all the 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 driving in the bus. I mean, just all the all the lives that he's touched, and you know, the guys that go on for NHL careers, and they look back and they just, you know, Bob plays such a big part in them. Like, ah, it's, it's, awesome. it's impressive. It's, it's awesome. so impressive. He's he's like you said, he started so many careers, yeah. whether he knows it or not, and guys that. Um, you know, come up to him later on in life, say, hey, like you inspired me, you, me personally. Like he was one of the first guys as a youngster listening to Colin Tigers games that made me want to get into this industry, whether it's radio, sports, whatever the case may be. And it's, it's just fantastic to being able to work alongside him doing these Tigers games, um, pressing buttons for him. It is fantastic. It's mm-hmm. one of the biggest highlights of my career so far. Um, and just for him to even know me by name is super cool because yeah. he knows so many people. He's been around for so long, and uh, I, there's so many memorable calls. We've talked about it before, and um, it's just yeah, it's a it's an absolute treasure just to know the guy. And like you said, he is so humble, and he 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 gets frustrated the fact that he doesn't want he doesn't want you to acknowledge yeah. all these accomplishments. But he absolutely deserves, like you mentioned, and. It's uh, it's gonna be a very special night, and it's one to wrap up the regular season. It's been one that we've kind of been circling for over a year now. We talked about you know wh- when will be the end for Bob, and um, 
I mean, no word yet as of if he's going to continue on, but it's, it's a tip of the hat to get to 4,000 games here at the end of the regular season. Uh, and who knows where the Tigers are going to go in the playoffs and going into the next year, but it's a fantastic run for Mr. Ridley. Yeah, I mean, 50 years, 4,000. I don't think he's getting to 5,000. That's at least <laughs> like another 15 years. That's that's a lot. But, yeah, I don't know. If if not this year, then when, right? Yep. Um, so we'll see what he's thinking. I think he... He thinks he's going to go another year, which is great. At least if he's feeling well, if he's yeah. feeling up for it, and uh, and the body's t- treating him well, that's all you can ask for. Yeah, and there doesn't keep have your to health be, right. Yeah, there doesn't have to be a specific moment like hitting four thousand or the fiftieth year. Just you know, when you wake up one day and you feel like you don't want to do it anymore, that's it. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So. Uh, get your tickets for that one. Uh, Ticketmaster.ca. Head to the Canalta Center box office. It's going to be a game you don't want to miss against uh, the Saskatoon. Or sorry, not Saskatoon. Swift Current Broncos. And uh, should be a good good night of Tigers action. So yep. um, we're going to transition from that down to the the big leagues, the NHL, as uh, Lance pours a drink out for himself. <laughs> another <laughs> bad Colby transition there. Yep. <laughs> um, another really sad news there in the world of NHL. Henry Richard, dead at the age of 84. Um, longtime Montreal Canadiens uh, standout. He you know living behind his cousin there, Maurice Richard. Uh, he carved out a pretty nice niche for himself, 11 Stanley Cups. In his 20 years of playing, that's a fantastic career. Didn't obviously get to see um, any of his playing days, but uh, by all accounts, a fantastic hockey man. And, uh, you know, the world lost another good one. There's been a lot of hockey deaths, unfortunately, uh, in, the, in the news the last year. So it's it's not yeah. great to see, but, uh, yeah, gone too soon at 84. Yeah, I think he was the brother of Maurice. Brother? I saw a cousin. Okay. Wikipedia has brother. Oh, you have brother. Okay. I don't know. He's the brother cousin. Okay. <laughs> well, but yeah, he. <laughs> I mean, spent his whole career with one team. Um, that's impressive. It is. Yeah. A lot of Stanley Cup rings. I mean, he's got enough for both hands and one more. Maybe a that's little pinky. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, like, there's it, not much to say. It's no. not like a tragic death where. You know, it's like what could have been. I mean, you know, he just just hit his hit his age limit, right? But what a what a historic career he had, and um, from all accounts, seems like just the greatest guy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, was I think just a great Montreal Canadian. Yeah, eleven Stanley Cups is something that I don't think most anybody is going to accomplish in this day and age. Like that's a record that's. Pretty up there. Yep. And, uh, yeah, very good consistency on some great Canadians teams, and he was a valuable member of those. So uh, condolences to the Richard family. Not easy to deal with. Um, Mika Sabinajad, on the other hand, has been lighting it up. He's been fantastic this week. Scored five goals the other night, including the overtime winner. Had another goal last night, and uh, he's up to 39 goals on the year. Ooh. Sabinajad. <laughs> who, so I just looked. I'm like, when did this guy get drafted? Because I'm I'm just curious. Six overall in 2011 to the Senators. Yeah. And many labeled him as not a bust, but he was very slow developing. It took a long time for him to find his niche. He never did find it in Ottawa. Took him yeah. to move to, to New York to finally get some, I guess, more playing time because he was playing behind. I guess at the time, I believe Spezza was there in 11. And guys like along that center yep. position. Probably. So, um, but it's it's crazy to see a guy develop into this forty goal potentially a hundred. And he's not going to get a hundred points. He's got seventy two points in fifty five games. But um, definitely not a guy prior to the season that I was expecting this big of a breakout from. He's been fantastic for the Rangers, and part of the reason 
uh, why they're still in the thick of things playoff-wise, and part of the reason why they could re-sign a guy like Chris Kreider to uh, pair alongside him and uh, and build that first lineup. It's been fantastic for the Rangers. Yeah, I don't think... Well, let me see here. Yeah, I don't even think he's been playing with uh, Panarin much. No, hey? So... So is he Just driving at the number depth, two line? Depth chart right now. No, he's on the first line. It says uh, Philip DiGiuseppe. Maybe that's an injury to replace oh, Kreider or something. Yeah, And maybe. Pavel uh, Buchnevich. I know he played a little bit with Panarin, but I don't think all year. I think maybe Panarin's he's power been, playing time, maybe? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they've got something cooking in New York. Mm-hmm. Watch out for them in a couple of years. I mean, the rookies that they've got, I think if they miss out on the playoffs this year, they're just going to get another lottery pick yep. to add to that uh, that group. Um, they got you know got one the first th- rounder from Carolina. Is that that was because Brady Shea went to Carolina? Yeah, no, or? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was the the D um, man. So you got a first yeah. there, and it's yeah, yeah. They they Hard look argue. good. They look good, and I mean Ryan Strom. Holy, yeah. He's I have him on my fantasy team. I don't even know what his points look like. Here, I'm gonna check. But okay. He uh he's been nuts for somebody that got put on waivers by the. Much like his brother last year, when his brother went from Arizona to Chicago, he was on dynamite. He was really good. And uh, this year, a little bit of inconsistency and injuries have caught up with with uh, Dylan Strom, Dylan, yeah. but Ryan, I mean, yeah, he's he's a guy who's bounced around a lot too. Yeah, um, and yeah, Dylan's young still. I mean, he's yeah. he's still got a lot of potential. Strom's Ryan was probably re- high twenties at this stage of yeah. his career. I think he's like 28, 29. Um, yeah, I'll just click As on his click on his thing. Yeah, twenty six. Oh, twenty six. So he's still got a little bit, he's, but still definitely labeled as a bust as a as fine. a fifth overall pick. Yeah, to the Islanders. Um, but you know, maybe just a late bloomer. Another one. Um. You know, picking it up when when it matters most because I mean, like just another player that the Oilers gave up for nothing. Yep. <laughs> was that the Griffin Reinhardt trade? Was no. he part of that? No. He Strom. Oh, the Eberle trade. Eberle. He went to Edmonton from the New York okay. Islanders oh, for yeah. Eberle. That sounds. That great. was and then I, Griffin didn't Griffin Reinhardt go to the Islanders as well. Griffin, or was yeah, he, he was drafted by the Islanders, oh I think. Gosh. Um, That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. I don't even know why I brought it up. Griffin Reinhardt. <laughs> yeah. he, no, he was a former Oil King, was he not? Yes, he was. That's yeah. maybe where I'm thinking of the Edmonton connection. Yeah. He, did he ever play for Edmonton? Like, maybe? Like the big I don't club? know. Uh, Anyways. Uh, sorry. But yeah, I'll get sorry. that Google going. <laughs> Ryan Strom was traded to the Rangers for Ryan Spooner. Spooner. Who the Oilers oh, put on waivers, I right. think. There's okay. something that... That makes more so sense. So they basically gave up Jordan Eberle for nothing. That makes more sense. And Ryan Spooner's probably somewhere putting up 100 points. Didn't... Is he's in the A though, right? I think so, yeah. yeah. Uh, Philadelphia Flyers have won nine straight to catapult them up the playoff standings. Although they have lost James Van Reeves like four to six weeks with a broken finger uh, earlier on this week. So tough blow. However, Carter Hart and co. We talked about Carter Hart in the last couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, he's been very good backstopping this team to nine straight. That's fantastic. Yeah. Looks like they're going to be playing Pittsburgh. Oh, oh boy. Oh, boy. That I'm be, punching my ticket for that game. There's going to be a lot game. of good f- first-round playoffs, which we'll yeah. get to in just a few seconds. Yeah. Uh, the Johnny Boychuk injury, that happened like, oh my as soon as God. we finished recording there uh, last week on Monday. Um, how do you get 90 stitches in the eyelid? Like how – that must be a very tender spot, yeah. I'm guessing. There's like no skin. Like there's very thin skin there. I don't know. Like that's, that's terrible yeah. in the eyelid. Because right? you remember the – Taylor Hall injury where he got stepped on in warm up. 
kind of vaguely remember that. Yeah, in Edmonton. Okay. Um, that was only um, 30 stitches, if I can remember. And wow. that was like here, and it was like plastic surgery. And yeah. Fuck, and God, I can't imagine what 90 stitches must feel he, like. He jumped right up, right out of the, right into the, uh, the tunnel there. He knew exactly what was going on, and he got help immediately. Very glad it was not worse than that. Yeah, nothing, no Scary injury to the eye. Skates just, they come up, right? And he was yeah. falling down and just had to brace himself. And it's scary. Very scary. Do stuff. you think uh, we see cages um, in the in the future? Mandatory cages in the NHL? Unless it's grandfathered in, I don't don't think so. No. No guy, no, no players association is going to, I mean, I know it's safety precautions, but. Right. Uh, it's also a player's vision, a player's comfortability on the ice that they yeah. haven't worn a cage since 16, 17. Yeah. Um, I could see, like, I know some junior B teams or junior B leagues have, have done it, have adopted yeah. the, the cages. I could see junior A doing it soon, maybe even the WHL. I just think, like, yeah, the little bit of visibility that would go um, far as out, far outweighs the injury possible injury time it is. to your multi-million dollar players right well it's only going to take one really bad one i mean taylor that, hall was out for a while well with that no, i'm not even talking that oh yeah i'm talking worse yeah, yeah. it's going to take one of those like it could have been that one his, his eye could have been gone yeah another centimeter yeah one way yeah. and we've seen a lot of unfortunately a lot of neck ones as well mm-hmm. which is downright terrible and yeah unfortunately we don't learn things until it's too late. Yeah. And more, most often in society, and it's a scary thought. Um, but yeah, all the best to Johnny Boychuk. I don't know uh, an update if he's even coming back. I haven't even um, seen a picture. Not really. I just seen the tweet where he joked that his his facial recognition on his phone didn't work, <laughs> so he couldn't tweet right away. That was a good tweet there by Johnny Boychuk. Yeah. Um, Sidney Crosby. Has 800 career assists. Congratulations to him. Yay. A long time coming. He could have got that total a long time ago yeah. if it wasn't for the stupid injuries that he dealt with a few years back. That's a, a little unfortunate. But, I mean, fantastic career, fantastic numbers, going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, all that good stuff for Sid the adult. He's not a kid no more. I mean, he's got so many awards. Mm-hmm. Team-wise and player-wise. You just look at his elite It's prospects. crazy, though, because we're not talking him at all this year in terms of stats awards stuff like that it's all been ovechkin it's been his counterpart yeah well sid had some injuries this this uh yeah he was out with the was this it year peck or something no. uh, yeah he was out for months and now like carried only, the team yeah like he always does only 40 games but yeah he's closing in on 1000 looks like you'll get that uh next year 1000 games that'd be great holy fantastic uh very special day because we're recording this on a sunday international women's day yeah, is a, a worldwide initiative, and uh, Sportsnet and NBC became the first broadcasting partners to uh, adopt an all-female crew for for broadcasting NHL games. Tonight on Sportsnet was the the Flames Golden Knights game. Golden Knights won that one five three, which is a big uh, playoff battle. But great to see um, some of the likes of Cassie Campbell and uh, Leah Hextall and uh, Natalie Spooner was on the broadcast. Carolyn Cameron. All these fantastic ladies um, who do a great job and they deserve to be recognized on a day like today's for the great work that they do. And it's super cool that they can set a, a, a mark like this uh, on this day. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, that was cool to, to listen to them to the night. Um, tonight, yeah, it was 
that was an awesome idea whoever came up with that mm-hmm. and good execution way to go all all of our lovely ladies in our lives mm-hmm. you deserve today and every day you're fantastic um roberto longo becomes the first panthers player to have his number retired last night that's a nice little tribute yeah um bobby lou two tours of duty there in florida and uh yeah when you think of him you think of the panthers yeah. you think of, i mean being in canada you think of the, the canucks as well but um yeah he's, he's been a florida guy and that's where, he, that's where he loves to be, and that's where he's going to end his career, so that's fantastic as well. So. Yeah, I wonder if Vancouver's going to follow behind, mm-hmm. maybe? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Who's Yeah, who's the next after the Twins? Do you go, uh, oh, I don't even do you go a Burroughs? Do you go uh, a Kevin Bieksa? Do you even go further back? Do you think of, like, Marcus Nat? Does Naslin have his? I don't even know. Brendan Morrison? Obviously not the oh. other part of that line. We're not going <laughs> to acknowledge him, but... Um, Bert. <laughs> Bert, um, but yeah, like, that's an that's a good question. Who's the next Canuck from that time? So Naslin is Naslin is okay. So Stan Smeal, Trevor Linden, Naslin, the Sedins, and Burray. Okay, I mean, so I think Lou. Why not Lou? I think Lou might be. The, I think Burrows. I don't. I don't think Bieksa had that. I mean, he was a a good player. Wasn't yeah. a great player. Burrows had a Kessler. Does Kessler go? Maybe there's a lot of bad blood the way yeah. he left, but. That's an interesting one too. Yeah. So, Canucks fans, mm, just have your think. say. Who do you think should go? I mean, maybe, uh, maybe an Alexander Edler. Oh, like a longtime player. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's, he's still he's on the been all right. Hey, yeah. Yeah. That's not a bad um, one. I gotta eat some crow for this next one. Last week I talked about UC Soros not being good enough to take over the net in Nashville. And what? What happened? What did he do this week? He shut out the Dallas Stars twice in three games. Jeez. Three days. Not even three games. Three days. Yeah. So, uh, Lance, I apologize. uh, UC Saros is good, and he deserves to – he still deserves a start. I don't know what took the Predators so long. Yeah. They're they're back in the playoff picture, but, uh, yeah, I I apologize. UC Saros. Are you saying Carter Hart was – Having a rough season, I too. I thought he was, and yeah. I didn't look into his stats even further, so that's yeah. also on me. But we're not talking about Hart right now. No. He's carried the Flyers in nine straight, and UC yeah. Saros a shutout twice. So, yeah, so I don't know my goalies. So I don't even know why I'm hosting Who else this. is doing why? bad this year? <laughs> who else is doing bad? Ovechkin sucks. Yeah, I don't know what to tell he's you. He's tough. Um, that's a tough one. And then uh, we'll touch on this in the NBA portion as well, but the coronavirus is starting to uh, make some headway in dressing rooms across the National Hockey League, limiting media access, there's talking about uh, not playing in front of fans, definitely on the NBA side of things. Yeah. It's it's coming. And <laughs> unfortunately, like the States is, I, I almost want to say a breeding ground for something like this because in certain places, just going to put this out there, not the most sanitary. Right. People washing hands is new to them. Yeah. They don't know that. It's a thing. Yeah. So it's like... Like, what are these players going to do? What, like, as fans, that's going to be so weird. I I actually didn't even think about this. I didn't write in the notes. But, like, March Madness coming up? Oh. Like, where's the madness going to be? Yeah. It's going to just be Behind March basketball. Yeah. It's just Throwing down a dunk, March. and you're going to hear the bench roar <laughs> and jump up. Yeah. Where'd you go, buddy? <laughs> and it's going to be – so I hope it I hope it doesn't get to that because that's yeah. going to be terrible. See, with the professional sports, I don't know what's your thought process on if they do have zero attendance. Um, 
Like, why even have the game? And I understand, like, oh, you got to have the game because it's part of the schedule. But isn't the whole kind of idea behind professional sports is the entertainment value towards the fans? It is. And if well, you're, not, you're losing money for sure yeah, now. And if you're not, like, why can't you just put, I don't even know. I don't know a solution, so I don't really stand, stand behind what I'm saying right now. But, like, isn't it? Doesn't it have to do with the entertainment value of having fans there, like being able to enjoy the product that you're putting out there? Yeah. Like LeBron, we'll get to that, but he said he wasn't going to play. Yeah. Um, and I, I agree with him. Like, why I would believe you play? Horvat like, said that too like, yeah. on the Canucks. So it's, like, you saw what happened in Baltimore for the, the Orioles a few years ago. <laughs> that was... It's that was eerie. a joke. It's eerie. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Davis is throwing the ball up into the stands. Nobody's there. Wow. Back when Chris Davis got playing time. <laughs> it's no, I agree with it's that is worst case scenario. However, I mean, both the leagues are talking about getting teams um to set up a protocol in the next few days here, even, to uh implement who's gonna handle, you know, um, investigations who's going to handle the medical side of things if there is a a virus that's been confirmed uh like i said i talked about limiting the media access nobody in the dressing room outside of team personnel a lot of measures going in right now and teams have to be prepared for that if it comes to there because worldwide it's becoming a bigger and bigger issue and people are stocking up on toilet paper for god knows what reason yep and i just don't get it (laughs) I don't know. You're not going to have a, a bad bum from the coronavirus. <laughs> so, yeah, You're going to have other issues, but yeah. yeah, it's crazy. There's no toilet paper anywhere. No. What's the other thing? No hand sanitizer. Hand sanitizer is going crazy here. Oh. Yeah. Apparently, Canalta Center's got a lot, though. Yeah? Should I say that? I don't know if I should say that. No, I don't. But apparently, we got a lot. We're going to get right. Ra- you're going to get yeah. raided over there. Yeah. We got uh, a lot. Come in. Come into the walking bottles track. upstairs, but nothing to, you know, put in a shopping cart. People's making their own and stuff like that. Mixing <laughs> vodka and... Girl. Mixing vodka and like Dove soap or something <laughs> like that. Like, you're better off making your own moonshine yeah. and just sucking that back. Yeah, not <laughs> but, worrying about it. Um, quickly, we'll get to the uh, the wild card races in both the East and the West. We'll start with the East. Three teams are getting in out of the following: the Leafs, the Panthers, Islanders, Blue Jackets, Hurricanes, and Rangers. What say you, Corey? What three teams? As you look at the playoff structure. I got yeah. points listed down there. Yeah. Um, but it's the Jeez. Leafs and the Panthers are a very interesting race because one of them is going to get that third seed uh, yeah. in the Atlantic, I want to say. Yes. Yeah, it's not the Metro, so it would yeah. be the Atlantic. And they're going to have to face either a Boston or a Tampa Bay. Most likely Tampa, yeah. Most likely Tampa. So, excuse me, that's a, that's a tough one because Leafs yeah. are struggling. They went out to California. And got one point on a three-game road trip. Yeah, kind of like the Lethbridge Hurricanes. Yeah, yeah. pretty bad. It's three tough teams. Yes. I mean, well, not sorry, tough. As yeah, in, like, not like good, like like, like physically ugh. demanding. Yeah, grunt. They're so, terrible teams. But yeah, like which which three teams are you thinking getting in? Um, yeah, I think I think the Leafs get in on that third spot. Um, I like the Hurricanes, and you know, just because I like. A little bit of fun. I like the the Columbus Blue Jackets. Do you? Hey. Yeah. I don't know. I think if if they Elvis? can find a way in, yeah, <laughs> they find a way in. Like what a story. I mean, last year it was Going like the opposite. In. It's like you guys have the best team after this trade deadline. Why aren't you in? Yeah. And now this year it's like, oh, you guys lost a bunch of guys. You're going to be in last place. And then You're oh no, devastated. Not yeah, not even the guys they lost after that trade deadline, yeah. but legit injuries too. Yeah. 
Like losing uh, Seth Jones is not an easy lot. Like that's that's a hard one to come back from. Yeah. And uh, they're they're doing a great job keeping in this this race. Talked about the Rangers too. Like this is kind of you know fool's gold. They don't need to get in because mm-hmm. they are on this development path. We talked about it in past weeks, but uh, they're right in the thick of things. Hurricanes they traded for Chocek and and Co and Brady Shea, and they're they're making that push. But they've got no goaltenders. They're still out for another week or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they're running with. Are they still running with uh, Anton Forsberg or whoever else is? Alex well, Nedeljkovic? Nel- yeah, yeah, you say that. I, I heard Morazic's coming back soon. He's progressing well from his concussion. But Reimer's not close yet. Yeah. So. Which out of the two injuries, if you go back and look at them, <laughs> Morazic looks way worse. Yeah, he got pulled <laughs> over. Yeah. Right? And Reimer just kind of got shoved. Yeah. Um, what do you think? What do you think in that East? Do you think, also, I will say this. Okay. Do you think any of those teams got a shot to beat Boston, whoever gets that second wild card spot? Or do you think the first wild card spot has a chance to beat Washington? Any, what, any of those teams? Yeah. I mean, frick. I, who knows anymore? Like, I don't know this, uh, right. this playoff structure. I think of the two teams that can be beaten, it's probably Washington. Yeah. So I think Carolina think, could do the same thing that they did last year. Yeah, I don't. I mean, but I thought Tampa was un, just, just <laughs> unstoppable. Yeah, and look what happened there. Yeah. Um, like I said, of the two teams, I think Washington has a better chance. I I worry about the Leafs, man. Like I think the yeah. Panthers could. I mean, I know they're in a slide right now, but the Panthers could catch them and uh, make it a real fight there in the bottom of the wild card. And I don't think the Leafs want to. As much as they don't really want to face Tampa, I don't think they want to face either a Boston for a third straight year, whatever that is, or a, a tough Washington team. That's a really tough one. Yeah, I have a tough time seeing Toronto and Florida get in if it's not that third spot. I think like one I of them gets that. Yeah. One of them one gets of them, it one and of one of them's out, out. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to go Panthers. I I mean, I don't I don't like what I see from the, the Leafs. they got a lot of talent, but I think the yeah. Panthers are right there and they can get their heads out of their ass. And then uh, I like the Hurricanes and I like the Islanders. I really do. Yeah. I like what they did with Peugeot, and he scored in his first couple games, and um, they got a lot of a lot of depth, and they they play tough and they play defensive style like Barry Trotz wants them to, and I, I like those three. Are losers of six straight though? Are they? Yeah, that's not good. That's their, their that's not going to get you in the playoff rush. But I think yeah, they got two games in hand over Columbus, and they're tied in points. I think yeah. Quickly in the West, um, the Flames. They lost tonight, like we mentioned. They are still at 79 points. The Canucks, the Predators, and the Jets all at 76 points. The Wild at 75, and the Coyotes are only five back at 74. Three of those teams are getting in. That one's very tough, too. Yeah. I'd like to see Calgary and Edmonton in that 2-3 in the Pacific. But, but Edmonton I don't is, think that's going to happen. I don't think so. I, I think, think Edmonton's going to win that division. Yeah, they could. Because then they could be Vegas. Yeah, that, I mean, I know Vegas won tonight, but um, Edmonton technically was ahead of them up to a certain point. Okay. I'd love to see a Calgary Edmonton first round, but that would be cool. That'd be uh, it's going to be difficult ra- a race all the way down the stretch. I think um, the, the Canucks make it in. I don't know where, but I I'd like to see them even make without it in. Markstrom. I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think they'll figure it out. And then the Predators. So. We talked about them with with Soros. They've. I think they've come back from the dead a little bit. They they were struggling a long time, and now they've reeled off some victories against a very tough Dallas team. They're right in the thick of things. Jets behind Kyle Connor. He's been scoring like a monster lately. And uh, Melo comes in at the trade deadline, kind of shorts up a little bit of the defense. Yeah, Patrick Laine has been a pretty close to a 200-foot player, which is something that nobody thought of coming into the <laughs> season. That's great to see. 
the Wild. Don't really know what to say about the Wild. They're just they're, they're just okay. Meh. They're just meh. Yeah, they're meh. And the Coyotes have had a lot of injuries with their goaltending, and that's really hurt them too. So, I th- my heart wants Flames, Canucks, and Jets, and I it's it's gonna be difficult. It's gonna be difficult for I think all I think two of those Canadian teams get in. I don't know which two. My my hope is the Flames, obviously, but yeah. I, I think two of the three. I want three. I think in my head, I'm thinking two, and then maybe uh, Predators. Yeah, I think I I go Flames, Canucks, and I think, oof, Nashville. Yeah, that's what I'll go with. Okay, I think very ca- similar thoughts then. Coyotes are just yeah. I don't Lance know what's going wrote, on. Lance there. already wrote them off. Yeah, if, if he was here, he'd say this is garbage. So. Um, I just threw them in there because they're pretty close in the last few spots. So yeah. uh, NBA-wise, we'll switch over to that. The Raps cl- clinched a playoff spot. They beat the Warriors on Thursday night. Yeah. That was a great game. Steph Curry returned in that one, 27 minutes. Had 23 points, 7-7. Seven and seven. He did shoot 3-for-12 from the three-point th- three line. That's a little bit rusty. But he's going to have all the shots in the world he wants on a really bad Warriors team. Yeah, so I he guess... He could easily shoot for 55-60. I guess for him, it's building up a little bit of chemistry with Wiggins and, and Draymond again, just yeah. to you know end out on a little bit of a high note for next year. Exactly. And um, the way that the uh, the draft lottery is structured this year is brand new. You don't have to be the very worst team to have the best chances at the number one spot. It's oh. all weighted equally. Basically, oh. the first three, they're the, the worst three all have the same amount of percentage points. Interesting. I think they, instead of like a 20-some percent chance of getting the first in the old system, the top three all, I believe, have 17 or 18%. It's all oh. the same. Okay, so, so you don't have to be the everybody else still has a chance at the first. Absolutely. It's not like it's between those three. Exactly. But it's oh, just, it's less, of a, it's less of a guarantee now being yeah. the worst. There's really no benefit like it was in years past. So um, that is interesting. I think for basketball, that's huge. Like, it's a way to kind of eliminate tanking. Like yeah. you can't. There's really no point. You're gonna lose fans if you go like, I don't know, seven and seventy-six or whatever the math works out to. Yeah. Seven and seventy-seven. Like you could get twenty wins and still have the same percentage points as a guy who is or a team has ten wins. Mm-hmm. Who knows? And like, the the top picks aren't always like for sure things, are they in basketball? I don't know. There's only a few, especially in this year's draft. Like we talked about. I believe it was last week. Um, there's only a couple guys that even crossed my radar. There's definitely no Zion in this class. Okay. There's no LeBron. There's no Anthony Davis, um, yeah. at least according to what I've seen and read. Uh, there's a lot of good guys, but not a lot of superstar talent. I guess we'll see in March Madness what Absolutely. happens Absolutely. We're going to find a or, lot of or, these names. Or as we call it now, March. Just March. <laughs> uh, Bradley Beal wants to retire as a wizard and get his jersey retired. That's great if you want to do that, but you're not going to have any playoff success if you're Bradley Beal. So he must be content with that after he signed his two-year extension. So I think, you know, not to put it down at all, but I feel like the, the players and, and the league in general is more of a selfish league kind of. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Hey, go play well, get your money. But if you don't want a championship, I guess that's that's get your what it is, right? Get the heck out of there. Yeah. yeah. You'll I mean, be re- retiring as a wizard and be known for that, but not have any rings for it. Yeah. So. Good for Beal, I guess. He can score 50 all he wants. Dion Waiters gets a third chance this season with the Lakers. He's signed for the rest of the season. Uh, He's the one on the Heat who ate the edibles on the plane and freaked out. He's the one who... That happened? That was, yeah, we, were you here for this? I don't know. That was this season, yeah. Oh. He ate edibles. Someone on the team gave him edibles to eat, and he ate them. And then he flipped out. 
Um, and he got suspended for that. There was another suspension where he was out. He was listed as did not, you know, DNP, but then he got a picture on Instagram of him on a beach. That got Somewhere suspended. on a beach. Yeah. Sitting not, something strong. Not quite Dirks, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there was another... And then the, the when the Memphis Grizzly traded for him as part of their Miami Heat deal with Andre Godala there at the deadline, they immediately waived him. They didn't even want him. Okay. He's making $12 million this year and 12 and a half next year. So his, his deal's already guaranteed. Okay. So, so when he gets waived, he could play... Absolutely. He's a free agent again, but while still getting paid from the Heat. And in both years. Yes. So why would he go play? Because he wants to win a ship. Okay, maybe. And play with LeBron again? Because ah. he played with LeBron. So he's not and... Bradley Beal. <laughs> but it's funny how the Lakers chose, there was a couple guys in contention, but they chose Dion Waiters, of all people, okay. to be another guard on their roster. So it's very interesting. Hopefully he can contribute and not be an idiot this time. Is he making more now? Because that, no, the Lakers gonna, paying him, or Lakers get him for free. The Lakers probably sign him to a veterans minimum. Okay, whatever. So he gets a little bit more. I mean, oh yeah, he'll get a little bit. You can't few hundred can't thousand dollars, free, but yeah. So I don't know, huh. maybe five hundred k, something like that, seven fifty. Um, Harden and Giannis have a little bit of a beef going on. Harden is just kind of saying things for saying things. He he caught wind of what Giannis said about drafting him for the all-star team when Giannis said that he didn't want to draft Harden because he didn't want a guy who wasn't going to pass to him. Yeah. And then he Harden got a little bit butthurt about it and started going on about, oh, well, I could pass. I could be a playmaker. You don't want to put guy. And then another comment about um, playing defense against Harden and how everybody should just go and attack Harden because he sucks at defense. And Harden clapped back and said, that's not, that shit not going to work with me. I'm going to, I'm going to stuff your ass basically. Ooh. And he's getting a little bit feisty, but I don't believe him. All kind of sparked from a Giannis comment, so I just threw that in there. But yeah, a little bit, a little bit of rivalry, maybe. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, if they ever meet in a. Uh, yeah, they don't even play in the same conference. An NBA Finals, we'll see. That could be um, a little point. I think Giannis is better than him now, isn't he? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this That's dude's a, winning MVP for sure yeah. this year, and he's just yeah. He's, the only question is whether it will be unanimous. That's kind of what everyone's saying. Whether, Hello. Oh, I got a little notification. Is your battery dead? No, I just got an update. A oh. critical update. Oh, like to update your laptop? Yeah. Okay, no, that's not good. No, that, that's a little older laptop, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. You don't want to do that. Yeah, well. Oh, well. <laughs> you might crash it. Yeah. Um, Don't really know too much about this Spike Lee-Nicks confrontation that happened earlier this week. I guess he was told that he couldn't enter the player slash media entrance of Madison Square Garden that he's done for the last 20 whatever years oh and then he had to get moved to I guess the VIP section there was another VIP door and he didn't like that and he blew up on I guess it was on first take down in the states on ESPN and described his side of things and then the Knicks released their laughable statement that basically said that Spike Lee doesn't have any right to play a villain in this role or to play the the good guy mm-hmm. that his position is quote unquote laughable, which you never see in a press release. The yeah. Knicks were just like they were kicking him when he was whatever. It was wow. so bad. Like the Knicks are so bad. Yep. They're just disrespecting people left, right, and center. So it's funny. It's just dumb. So that the uh, the Nets said that they'll they'll take him on as a super maybe. fan. They should. I saw that. Yeah. So um, maybe yeah, he's a, a Nets cross across the bridge there to Brooklyn. But um, yeah, that's an interesting scenario. So yeah, he's. Spike Lee has said he's not attending any more Knicks games. I don't know why you're going in the first place. <laughs> he's wasted. I think I saw a stat $20 million in tickets over the course of the 20-plus years he's been there. 
like well, dude, like, like that's a lot of money. Courtside season tickets oh, for uh, years and for years. For Knicks, for a terrible Knicks franchise. When's the last time they've actually been all right? Like oh, any second round playoff performances mm. lately? No, I don't think they ever got past the first with Carmelo Anthony and Amari Stoudemire. They loaded up on those two dudes. I don't think they got past the second round. They always got beat like by LeBron. Yeah. So that's tough. Um, very cool. Or not very cool. That's really bad. <laughs> Why is it very cool? Uh, what is very cool is Luka Doncic breaking the Mavs all-time triple-double record in only his second season. I joked about this with Steve Ball, my coworker upstairs, because he's a big Mavs fan. And he was thinking back. He's like, I don't think we've the Mavs have ever really had a guy who racked up triple-doubles. Like... You think of Dirk Nowitzki, not he's a triple-double threat. Um, shouldn't he, though? No, nah, he's just he got he... points and rebounds. Oh, okay, not a passer. No, not oh, really okay. a passer. Not like, I mean, Porzingis can be now, but he's he's still growing into that. Right. Um, Steve Nash, back in the day, he was a young Steve oh, Nash. Right, he wasn't yeah. the, the Phoenix Suns Steve Nash when he played. Um, guys like Michael Finley and... Oh, you've uh, lost me now. <laughs> That's okay. That's, I knew the first two that's names. Okay. <laughs> that's okay. But what, yeah, anyways, the Mavs have never had some guy who can crack up triple doubles like that. Jason yeah. Kidd was too old uh, when he joined the team. But yeah, it's crazy. So he's now the all-time franchise leader in triple doubles, and he's a really? 21-year-old Jeez. kid. Yeah. So he's got way more years to add to that total, which is pretty cool. Um, I'm glad Lance isn't here for this question. Can Zion Williamson catch John Morant for the Rookie of the Year title? He's only going to yes, play about 55 can, games. Because you suck, Lance. That's my take. And no response from Lance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> leave that spot blank. Uh, he's been fantastic. He really has, and he's keeping the the Pelicans in the playoff race. Has John Morant been fantastic? He started out a house of fire, and he's yeah. come down to earth a little bit. Uh, the, the Grizzlies are right in there alongside the Pelicans. I think, honestly, whoever gets that eighth playoff spot might be the winner. Like, oh. whoever gets that spot might be the overall the, the deciding, you know, deal breaker yeah, could be. So um, I guess I should have thrown that out to somebody else. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're like, yeah, let's do yeah, it. Yeah. Um, yes. I think. Uh, Who do you know more of, Zion or Zion? Zion. Okay, I so heard a little bit of Zion. You a casual fan know of Zion more because he's been hyped more, right? I heard jo- uh, about Job. Maybe that was just because of the podcast but okay. only earlier in the season yeah yeah but I totally forgot about the guy oh, okay. recently that's good that's um, why it's great to have your perspective <laughs> on things yeah um I don't really have much to say that's I fine. think it's weird because NBA stats go off of points per game mm-hmm. and I think they're the only sport that does that really like hockey does not really go off points per game no they, they talk total, about your season totals total points um or whatever baseball is. is your total home runs and RBIs and mm-hmm. I mean I you know it's just a it's a weird way to look at things from somebody that grew up in baseball and hockey so. yeah no I totally get that and then finally uh, last n- note I can't even get that word out right uh, Kenny Atkinson let go as the Brooklyn Nets head coach over the weekend apparently didn't want to coach Kyrie and Kevin Durant next year so oh. um, GM and coach kind of had a little airing of grievances and decided that it was now time to just move on oh mutual so yeah it was a thing where yeah he didn't want to coach these two superstars he wasn't going to be able to get his fingerprints on the team he thought and he's more of a a developmental guy uh in in previous stops so he's going to join a franchise that 
could use his talents, I guess, to better use than the Brooklyn Nets will next year because they're going to be right in the thick of a playoff race with those two superstars, hopefully healthy and back to 100%. So Yeah, next year? Next year. Yeah. Um, yeah. This year they're going to they're hopefully going to make the playoffs. They've done enough to make the playoffs, but they're going to get like swept or a gentleman sweep in five games. That's what's going to happen for <laughs> those Brooklyn sweep. Nets. So. Yeah. Um, do you think he gets picked up somewhere else? Like, obviously, if you're coaching a, a w, or N, oh, WHL, um, an Not NBA, <laughs> an NBA uh, franchise, you got to be doing something, right? Yeah, yeah. No, he will. He He's a very well-respected guy, and I think that um, any young up-and-coming franchise, I mean, you could have took on a Memphis Grizzlies job like you did la- like, like last year, a guy or a team that had John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr., a team with a lot of young guys that Kenny mm-hmm. Atkinson can put his his stamp of approval on is what they're looking for. Okay. So I think any franchise in the offseason is definitely going to be giving this guy a shout if they need something like that, a little bit of an experience maker, build these guys up, and get them to the spot where they can become stars. Okay. So we'll All have right. to wait and see on that one. Yeah. Uh, quickly, NFL-wise, ESPN is trying to get Al Michaels from NBC and pair him with Peyton Manning on Monday Night Football because their Monday Night Football team has been the laughing stock for the last, well, I don't know, three years since Mike Tirico left and went to NBC. Whoever that is. Mike Tirico uh, is fantastic. He's, he's an awesome guy. broadcaster. Yeah. But Al Michaels trying to get him off of the Chris Collinsworth uh, bandwagon is going to be very difficult. I believe he still has a couple of years on his NBC deal. But Peyton Manning trying to pay him more than Tony Romo is making. Really? They want to throw upwards of 18 to $20 million at Peyton Manning to come to the broadcast booth. Yeah. Holy. Because we talked about it last two weeks ago, maybe, how Tony Romo was making 16 to 17 now in yeah. his new deal with CBS. That's a lot of money. You think, that, you think that Peyton can transition to the broadcasting yeah, booth? Yeah, has he had any experience doing it? Nope, neither did Tony Romo, though. They just think a guy, a quarterback, but they, a lot of knowledge can just... Put his his notes onto the game. Tony had done a, a year, though, or a year or two before he got that big contract, though, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. But I'm I, talking, but he went, Tony Romo went for, right from retirement, quote unquote, to being the lead guy on CBS. Right. And Peyton Manning would be doing the exact same thing, going okay. from retirement. But does Peyton have, like, any experience at all? Broadcasting, no. No, okay. And neither did Tony, though. Right, but... There's Peyton's biggest thing is going on SNL a couple times. It's basically right. his only like. No, I media. think he'll do a good job, but like to pay him that much when oh, he yeah. has no experience, at least you know what you're getting with Tony. He's done a, a year or two. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's earned that much money. But that's Peyton, good, if no, that, I know what you're saying. If that doesn't work out, oh, I think it could work though. He's a very outgoing guy. I think he's hilarious. I think that that southern <laughs> southern charm will will be good on a Monday night. But. I think that's. I mean, ESPN. If I'm an executive, that's. Al Michaels is a great guy to pair with a young, like broadcasting Peyton Manning, like a guy who's like really green at it. Yeah. Like, cause Al's an absolute legend and he can probably bring up the best in Peyton. So who knows? I mean, that'd be a big get to pull arguably one of the best NFL guys off of the NBC broadcast. ESPN's talking about trying to bid for a Super Bowl uh, broadcast and, you know, trying to get these big games because you don't, they air like the wild card games on ESPN and then they stop you, okay. you never see them do a conference championship it's always CBS right. uh, NBC or Fox those are the big three there for for NFL so, so yeah I guess you gotta they're they're hitting they're swinging for the fences on this one they really for are. sure 
I mean, so. how how do you feel though if you're the Brock, like Joe Tessitore, who's the current play-by-play guy, and then the Booger, <laughs> Booger McFarland, who's the guy who gets memed all the time? How do you feel if you're one of those guys and these reports come out that your job could be gone? Oh, they're the guy that they're, they're the, the current guys that crew. Do it now. Play-by-play well, and Booger, be better. <laughs> could they get a? A different night then? Do the ESPN uh, do Sundays or? No, they don't do Sundays. Okay, they no, only do Monday. They do Monday nights. And then like the first game of the year, the first Monday night, they do that double header. So there's always a crew that goes to the eight. It's the late window. There's an early window and a late window. Okay. And they always throw like the B team on the ESPN late windows because it's usually like an Oakland Raiders, Los Angeles Chargers game that no yeah. one really gives a shit about. Maybe they can do the backup game for one game a year. But yeah. That sucks. Uh, quick note, Chargers, speaking of the Los Angeles Chargers, they have re-signed running back Austin Eckler to a four-year, $24.5 million deal. He is going to be the lead back because they are letting Melvin Gordon go to free agency. So, it's a shame. Um, I, I, you play fantasy football, no? No. Oh, gosh. Okay, so no. Austin I'll Eckler. Wait. So Melvin Gordon was on a holdout last year, and he didn't play the first, uh, what, six weeks of the season? Austin Eckler was arguably a top five running back Ooh. when he had the lead role. He was fantastic. He could catch the ball, throw the ball, or not throw the ball, catch and <laughs> run the ball. That'd yeah. be pretty impressive. But um, fantastic stats. And then when it became more of a split role, he obviously lost a lot more of his value. But being a, uh, a leading back, now you don't know what happens to Phillip Rivers. That's going to be interesting to see. If he, uh, or no, he's, he's gone for sure. But who becomes the quarterback of the Chargers, that's going to impact his value going forward. Um, quickly, I know, don't think, you might know this. The highest average paid running backs this year. I got a list. Top 10 running backs. Can you guess any of the top 10 highest paid running backs? No. Gosh. Uh, uh, McCoy, LeSean McCoy, is that a, a name? A couple years ago, no. Ezekiel Elliott, oh, okay. Todd I Gurley. Him. I know him. Le'Veon Bell. I know him. David Johnson. Cardinals? The, no. Yeah, oh, D- David Johnson? Is he on Cardinals? Arizona Cardinals, Okay, yeah. I know. Devontae Freeman. Uh, Falcons? Yeah, Falcons. Ooh. Saquon Barkley? Yeah, uh, Giants. Good. Yeah. Jarek McKinnon? I got no clue. He's been injured. He's let the me seventh say, highest. He's let me say Titans. 49ers. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was he even play. in the was he in the final? No, he, he Oh. He, he signed this deal 2 years ago. Has not played in 2 years. Getting he's his got money. Bad knees, Get his really. money. Um Leonard Fournette? Oh, I know him. I couldn't remember what team he plays for. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay, yeah, yeah. Austin Eckler? Is this going up or is this, this is down? down. Oh, okay. So the top one was Ezekiel Elliott. Okay. Which, you know, he's on the Cowboys. Yeah, Cowboys. Uh, and last one, number 10 is Duke Johnson. Duke. Friggin' Duke. Duke is on Houston Texans. Okay. Anyways, I just found that. So now Eckler becomes the ninth highest paid running back. Okay. Among. So Duke falls out. No, Duke no, is Duke's still in. there. Duke is no, still okay, there. this is an updated list. Yeah, this is immediate okay. response. Anyways, let's move on. Quickly. Um, oh, wait, sorry, wait. have you seen the new LA Rams logos? No, I have not. Flip, he's flipping the screen around. It's not the LA Chargers logo. It's the LA Rams logo, and people are roasting it because it looks exactly like a Chargers logo would look like. The little yellow behind it. That is... Not good. It is a leaked one. It is not confirmed. Oh, that is terrible. Um, here, let me show you... I don't even have to say to that. That is... That's ugly. There's no all. Where's the R? I don't know. It's just supposed to be like the, I guess, like a, a Ram... Man, I wish we had a Head? camera right here that you can actually show because you can't show that big one. No, <laughs> maybe we have it on the on the final 
graphic. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe we'll throw it on there. Yeah. God, that's weird. It, uh, that's, there's no R in there at all. Um, it, I see an L and an A and then it looks like the C kind of overlaps all the letters. Yeah, no, it's not really creative and it, it just kind of looks weird. And also it looks like exactly like the Chargers logo. That's I'm crazy. trying to find a, uh, uh, hold on. you, you keep okay, going we'll here and I'll, I'll try and find some. Um, MLB wise, a couple weeks away from spring training wrapping up, which is nice to see. Uh, Kristen Yelich gets his contract extension up until 2029 with that a mutual option for both teams. $215 million over the next nine seasons for the uh, two-time batting champion. He won the NL MVP last year or was in consideration. Sorry, that was Cody Bellinger. Uh, he's a fantastic player, and the Milwaukee Brewers locked themselves up a good one. Are they going to regret this deal in five years when Yelich becomes a, I don't know, 33-year-old, 34-year-old? It's big money. Is he to that get old? Yelich. He's like 26. Is he? 27. Yeah. How old is so, he? I don't think so. I think he's playing. Where is he playing? In right field right now. He's mm-hmm. playing, He's an outfielder, right? So okay. the older he gets, you put him in left. I think the bat will stay consistent over the years. So Yeah, okay. You learn to live with it. I think, yeah, no, it's it's fine. I mean, for something without a, a league, without a salary cap, basically, you just... You pay these dudes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's not a Lock Bryce Harper up. ticket, that's for sure, which is nice. Miami definitely should have should have kept him. Well, him and Stanton. And Azuna, Marcelo Zuna. God. That outfield was like the best outfield like pers- potential, I should say. Yeah. The best potential outfield. They're kinda like the uh Oklahoma City Thunder of the MLB because the Thunder had like Durant yeah. and Westbrook and Harden and all that. And this is a case of who what could have been. Yeah. Maybe get some pitching in there, but that's very interesting. Uh the Blue Jays, a rumor came out that they offered Mike Mustakis a three year, thirty million dollar deal over the offseason, which he eventually turned down for a four year deal, sixty four million dollar deal with the Cincinnati Reds. Um, interesting to see the, the Blue Jays spending potentially some dough mm-hmm. on an infielder. They ended up going with Travis Shaw um, to take the spot that Moose would have taken. Yeah. But uh, it's only a one-year deal there with Shaw because he really had a bad year. But, I mean, that would have been a very nice addition for the Blue Jays to, to shore up that infield. He could play both second and third. Mm-hmm. And, he could uh, probably play first base too. Oh, yeah, but I think first going to yeah. be pretty jammed up this year for your Blue yeah. Jays fan. Um, yeah, it's very interesting to see them throw some money out. I mean, they threw money at Hunjin Ryu, and they obviously caught him, which is nice. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they signed the deal with the Reds instead. That's very interesting. Another deal, Juan Moncada signed a five-year, $80 million extension with the White Sox. He had a very quiet, good year with the White Sox last year, yeah. and now they pair him with, uh, I think his name is Lu- Luis Roberts, is going to be another highly touted prospect and there was a guy, another guy that played a little bit of time with the White Sox last year. I don't know what his name is, but... Uh, Eloy Jimenez? Eloy. Yeah, that's outfielder. another... Yeah, and Tim Beckham's still young at shortstop. I think that's who's there. And then, uh, is yeah, Goyloto, the pitcher, is yep, White Sox Giulioto, property yeah. as well. He's been, he was fantastic last year. Yeah. The White Sox in that AL Central going to be pushing for a title. We'll get to maybe some previews when the season gets a little bit closer oh, wait, with when Lance Beckham. is back, but we'll get to some division previews. That's going to be very interesting to see what the White Sox do with that new lineup. Uh, Chris Sale, we talked about him last week, potentially missing opening day. Tim Anderson. 
Tim Anderson. Sorry, Tim Anderson. I wanted to Who fix are you that. Thinking I of? said Tim Beckham. Tim but Beckham not, was Tim. there at one point. That was yeah. a good poll. I didn't even catch you on that one. Um, um, Chris Sale could be out until late May. The guy that was traded for Juan Moncada. That was the Red Sox deal? Yeah, that, that was right, the, the one-for-one right. one trade. Oh, my goodness. He was a he was a Red Sox coming up. Good point. But, yeah. Um, that's a, that's devastating. Uh, yeah. And another potentially a Tommy John issue, which would be, oh, that's terrible. Then it'd be longer, right? Maybe? It would be. Um, well, that's... That's tough. I mean, Red Sox are already going to have a tough enough time trying to keep up with the Yankees and yeah. even the Blue Jays and even the Rays. Rays for sure. I don't know how much about the yeah, Blue Jays. Maybe but. not much of the Blue Jays. I'm just being <laughs> optimistic. I know you are. But oh, you're Blue Jays cap. Yeah. Right. They're, uh, yeah, that's tough for the Red Sox. Um, Aaron Judge, this one hurts me personally as a fantasy baseball owner, but Ooh. he is out for opening day for sure. Um, out two weeks. They're going to be reevaluated in two weeks for a rib fracture of the first rib that he probably sustained back in September after diving for a loose ball. Oh, well, how do you? Yeah. I shake my head. How do you? I'm sorry. How the hell do you not diagnose this in? It's been six months, bro. Yeah. Six months. He's done every test under the book. And you're telling me you can't diagnose a stress fracture? I mean, I, I get it. Stress fractures are very small. But he's been telling you these symptoms for a while now. He yeah. can't breathe. He has trouble moving his shoulder and his arm. Does no Like, come on. Where's your doctorate? Where's yeah. your team doctor? This guy is going to be out. You had all off-season recovery. He's bas- he might lose an entire year now because he doesn't get any reps in spring training. He's going to be super rusty. Yeah. I'm I'm frustrated. I don't You're get rattled. it. Trade him. Trade him. Trade I'm, him before anybody knows. I'm going to drop his ass is what I'm going to do. Yeah. But like, I mean, I know it's a very small issue for the for the Yankees because he's going to be, I mean, that lineup is ridiculous. The pitching is going to be okay. They're mm. going to get some guys back. But um, that that's tough because Judge and Stanton potentially out for opening day. Stanton doesn't sound like as, as much of a serious issue as this Judge one now is. But man, it's frustrating. Yeah, I mean, how do you not know? Sometimes you, yeah, exactly. So like, God, it's tough to put your put your mind into a a doctor's doctor's mindset. But it just seems easy. Like you just look at the X ray and you find stuff. But I guess it's not that simple I wonder, sometimes. <laughs> I wonder if their zoom just didn't work in on the X ray <laughs> finder. Like, yeah, you couldn't go to four hundred percent and see that little stress fracture. Well, even with like McDavid, I mean, he went to multiple multiple doctors and they all told him different things. Like that's that's just so frustrating. Yeah. And that's not, maybe not a, uh, a negative thing to say about the doctors. That's just how life is, I guess. Sometimes it sounds like it, but it's tough. Crazy. Uh, last one, something I really enjoyed seeing in the highlights this week was the players mic'd up. Yeah. These live games. That's fun. Um, the the Cubs had a really good one with Anthony Rizzo. He called his shot on a on a center field single. He's like, I'm, I'm going to guess fastball because this guy hasn't thrown me a fastball all game. And it was a fastball. He nailed it right up the middle. And then the Mets had a really good highlight where <laughs> the guy lost connection with his earpiece and couldn't oh. hear the guy in the dugout talking to the broadcast. Oh, okay. So the guy in the outfield with the broken earpiece kept chiming in. He's like, "My, I can't hear you guys. 
and the, the dude in the dog in the clubhouse was on a completely different conversation. Oh, talking to the broadcast crew about whatever it was, and it was hilarious because this guy in the outfield wouldn't stop talking about whatever. <laughs> like, I hear you. I hope you're not making fun of me. Yeah, whatever. That's hilarious. Um, yay or oh. nay though, these players like, if if there was a maybe a small subscription fee to view a game with some player commentary like that, would you be for that or what? Yeah, I don't know. I think. We're just waiting for the highlights to come out on social media. Yeah, no, during the spring training, I think it's awesome to do that stuff. There's team players that already have secured spots, but I don't know if they could do it during the regular season. No? Do you think? I don't know. It might take them off their game. I guess baseball out of the four major sports is the only sport you could really do it Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of downtime through the three hours. But yeah, I don't know. You think the quality changes? You get more distracted. You think mistakes become more prevalent. I mean, if a player makes an error, everybody's going to be like, oh, well, that's... That's why? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? The backlash to it might be too much to handle. But I think during these, during the spring training, it's awesome to to test it, see what these players are are saying. I love it. I think it's a great idea. I understand your point, though. Like, I didn't really think about it becoming a, excuse me, a distraction, um when mistakes become prevalent and then yeah first thing you go into well this guy the only difference is that this guy's got a, a an earpiece in and mm-hmm. he's talking yeah. and he's distracted from reading this guy's pitches and whatever or as a defender making the wrong step so right. if a ball comes into play um it, it's very interesting i didn't think about that but um I, i'd love to see more of it at least give it a shot because adds a little bit more flavor to the game of baseball like you said it's slow for the most part and yeah. you gotta you can fill some time and Get some actually some conversations in there, which would be pretty cool. And yeah, it's interesting though. Yeah, very cool. I think, yeah, putting like trying to put you into a situation like you're in center field, or maybe you're say you're in in right field, um, and you're in a way ballpark, and people are cheering and screaming and stuff like that. And you're only like you know center fielders trying to communicate with you, but you have a an earpiece in. Maybe mm-hmm. you don't hear them, right? Like, oh yeah, and just yeah, I don't know. It's It'd be fun cool when, to have a moment like that where it was it becomes a a highlight. Like, say a guy in the outfield relays yeah. one to home and like gets the runner at home. Yeah, and you have the guy on the mic, and yeah. he's like, as the ball hits the grass, he's like, "I got this. I'm going for it." And then it catches all that. That would yeah. be a great highlight, yeah. even more so than any of these spring training stuff has done. Yeah, that'd be super cool. Yeah, maybe. What if there's like, you could put little microphones all around the field. Like in the <laughs> ground, yeah. just maybe cover like, them so uh, they don't get like stepped NASCAR on. Like NASCAR does, with the, they put stuff like in the cement. Yeah, and they, I mean, there's the cars be a way. drive over it. Yeah, there's got to be a way cool. to do that. Absolutely, and just put like you know, a lot in in the outfield and have the ball have, hear the ball. What if it bounces? That's a bad part. If it bounces off a microphone yeah. and like goes a completely you'd have to protect direction. it. Yeah, yeah. Have, oh. I don't know. Audio engineers' nightmares yeah. on land <laughs> on a microphone just yeah. completely blow up the system. But uh, very cool stuff. That's all I've got tonight. Anything yeah. else you want to add? Um, any guesses as to who's leading the jersey bidding and what number for it's For the Tigers. At? Yes. Going back to our WHL suits up for Oregon donation jerseys. Yes. Um, oh, gosh. Your your guess was Sillinger. I think... I am wrong. You're wrong. Sillinger is second. He's second? Okay, I'm going to go Cowboy. No. Mm. Um. Okay, three guess rule. Chizowski. No. Last guess, Baxter Anderson. <laughs> really? 
know. I like uh, Sogard. Okay, he was my original guess way back when. Okay, and okay. The, the bid on Sogard? You got any guesses? I'm going 750. No, that is on Cylinder, who is in second. He's, wow, it's already that high. That's uh, fantastic. Uh, I'm going to go 950. No, last guess. It's a weird number. Is it? It's a 25 or a 75, or is it a 50? It's a, a 1,050. 1,050 for Sogard. Yeah. Way to go. Almost 24 hours after. That's fantastic, though. Crazy. Um, good for so that bit. Hopefully, it goes up even more. And yeah. all going towards a great cause there with organ donation. Cylindrette. Do you have the link, by chance? Yeah. Um, Say it out loud. Um, oh, it's a weirder link <laughs> oh, okay. than, than I thought <laughs> it was. But I know it, it's uh, www.32auctions.com forward slash... MHT dash H N I C for Hockey Night in Canada. H N I C. Don't think people are going to remember that. Yeah. We'll post in the episode description Definitely. on our social media for you to head over there. Wednesday, 7 30, the deadline. Yes. 7 o'clock, yep. something like that. That'll be it. Yep. So get your bids in and yep. donate on some fantastic looking jerseys. Yep. There's a lot that's still under 300. There's everything's kind of around that 300 range. So little piece of history there for the Mesmeria Tigers. Yeah. Um, thanks so much for coming in, Corey. Appreciate yeah. it. Screw this And uh, yeah, we'll hopefully have Lance back next week. Gearing up for a fantastic run in the playoffs for the Tigers and uh, all sports in between. For Corey Bukowskis. Well, should we, uh, sorry, should we, oh te- my goodness. sorry, should we, should we tease up uh, what we maybe got going with some interviews? Uh, potentially, yeah. Yeah, maybe just. Uh, We'd love to uh, get, if it is, and then we're knocking on wood, uh, a first round matchup with the Lethbridge Hurricanes. Yeah. Going to plan to have a little uh, preview podcast dedicated to entirely the Tigers. Mm-hmm. Get the play-by-play voice of the Lethbridge Hurricanes on the phone, Dustin Forbes, yeah. as well as talk to the one and only Bob Ridley uh, for the Tiger side of things. Oh, so, yeah. To uh, to preview and tee up this series that could be coming in the next couple weeks. So that would yeah. be a very exciting podcast for Tigers fans to listen to. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Just Anything give them else? a little tease. Now you can, you can send Hopefully it home. Hopefully you enjoy the Bob Ridley game, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. For Corey Bacoskis, Colby McKee signing off. We'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening to On the Board. Subscribe now on your favorite podcast platform, and find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast. Yes! Yes!